as the new day dawns, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to go visit the tomb where Jesus is buried. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord comes down from heaven. Appearing like lightning. (laughs) Then the angel rolls aside the stone and sits right on top of it. And the Roman guards are so terrified they can't even move. They shake. And then they faint. And then the angel speaks. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He is alive. Come and look at the place where they've laid him. And they discover Jesus is gone. Jesus is gone. Completely gone. Crazy. So then they remember what Jesus had promised. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So they hear this and the women start to run. And as they're on their way to tell the others, guess who shows up? Jesus. Jesus. Overwhelmed, the women run straight to him. And they fall at his feet and begin to worship him. And Jesus says to them, yes, it's me. Don't be afraid. He's like, I'm back. And then Jesus tells them, go and tell the others. And soon they will see me too. So the women rush off to tell all the others. Everything that's happening is completely amazing. And when Peter hears the good news, he jumps up and runs to the tomb to see for himself. And when he peers into the tomb, all he sees is Jesus' burial clothes. Peter's like, whoa. Mm -hmm. He's puzzled. He's confused. So he returns home, shaking his head and wondering. Wondering what in the world is going on here. So the same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus. And they're talking about everything that's been happening. As they discover Jesus, as they discuss Jesus' death and the rumors of his resurrection, guess who shows up? Jesus! Jesus! Jesus appears alongside them and begins to just walk with them. But Jesus doesn't let them recognize him at first. He kind of does like a Jesus ninja move. Yeah. Right. So instead, he's walking alongside them and he asks, what are you talking about so passionately? So Cleopas replies, you know, all the things that have been happening in Jerusalem the past three days, are you the only one that doesn't know what's been going on? So Jesus, you know, still pretending. Ninja Jesus, really. Ninja Jesus, he says, what things? Like he doesn't already know. So Cleopas replies, duh, all the things about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. Powerful in word and deed, but our religious leaders handed him over to be crucified. We were really hoping that he was the Messiah. And Ninja Jesus, still pretending, says, oh, really? Tell me more. So Cleopas continues, well, this all happened three days ago. Then this morning, some women went to his tomb, and they saw that it was empty. The body of Jesus was missing. The tomb was empty. And Jesus is like, wow, what happened? To which Cleopas replies, the women say that they met a real angel, and an angel told them, Jesus is alive. 
So that's what they were talking about so passionately. Yeah, go, we're kind of freaking out here, right? Out. Yes. And then they asked Jesus. What have you heard? So Jesus tells them what he knows, still as ninja Jesus. They don't know he's Jesus yet. He starts all the way at the beginning, and then he explains how all of the scriptures point to Jesus. It's crazy. Can you imagine? It's like Bible 101 taught by Jesus himself. Like literally mind blown. Crazy. So they arrive at a house, and since it's supper time, they sit down to eat. Jesus takes bread, blesses it, he breaks it, he gives thanks, and then he hands it out to the disciples. And at that moment, they recognize that it's the risen Lord. It's Jesus! Emmanuel, God with us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then Jesus disappears. So So the other two men hurry back to Jerusalem. And they find the 11 disciples and others also talking passionately about things, saying, the Lord is really risen. The Lord is risen indeed. He's alive. Jesus really has risen from the dead. And then guess who shows up? Jesus. Jesus. Entering the room. How does he enter? Walking through a wall. He walks through a wall, y'all, and then he greets them one by one, saying things like, peace be with you. Why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? It's okay. It's me. Then Jesus shows them the nail holes in his hands and his feet. He says, I'm not a ghost. I'm not here to harm you. I'm here to help. And then Jesus says, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written in the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Bible and all the things written about him. And he says, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It is also written that this message would be proclaimed in authority to to all of the nations. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent and believe. You are witnesses to these things. Yes. Then he tells them that he's going to send the Holy Spirit, the promised one, to fill them with power so that they can be his witnesses and tell people about him everywhere. So in the weeks that follow, Jesus appears to his disciples many times. He shows up and explains his resurrection to over 500 witnesses. Five, zero, zero. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. So you can imagine how quickly the news spread about Jesus' resurrection. Like a forest fire, maybe. Mm. And many, many people believe that Jesus is God, the risen Messiah, and receive life in his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does the story tell us about Jesus? Well, one ski, Jesus is God. Two ski, Jesus is bigger than sin. Three ski, Jesus is more powerful than Satan. Four ski, Jesus is mightier than death. Five ski, Jesus loves us. And six ski, (laughs) Jesus shows us his love by dying on the cross in our place for our sin. And then he proves that he is God and that he has the power and authority to forgive our sins by rising from the dead. And you guys, Resurrection Sunday is about the day that Jesus proves that he's God. The Messiah. The way, the truth, and the life. Today really means that Jesus truly, really forgives our sins. It means that Jesus really does love us and will protect us. And he will give us a new heart full of love. And joy. And peace. And Jesus will raise you up on the last day and bring you to be with him in heaven forever, ever. 
And that's why today is the greatest day of the whole year. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Awesome. Isn't a great day? Love it. Woo! Hey, Minsky. Sit, sit down. You may be seated. Ninja Jesus. A little bit of Hebrew counting. What a story. This morning, I want to just take a moment for us to reflect on the greatness of God, the greatness of this day, and how we can respond with gratitude. And it begins with really understanding and appreciating that Christianity is not about following a random set of rules. It's about the restoration of a very real relationship with God. The God who created us became one of us. He came full of grace and truth. He came to be with us. The Father declared over him, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Father loved Jesus for who he is before anything he did. And Jesus came to teach us the same. The Father's love for us, who loves us for who we are, not just for what we do or because anything that we've done. Jesus came that we too might enjoy the Father's love and delight. Jesus' identity was tested and proved. He was tempted in every way just as we are, and yet he did not sin. He showed us that it's not about trying harder or doing better or having more. It's about loving because we're loved. It's about believing because we belong. It's about receiving because he cares and he gives. In a synagogue, Jesus read from Isaiah and proclaimed himself to be the long-awaited Messiah. And throughout his entire earthly ministry, he demonstrated and declared good news. He opened blind eyes, healed the sick, set oppressed free, raised the dead, and patiently pronounced the Lord's favor. It's never been about duty. It's never been about religion. It's always been about the restoration of a very real relationship with our merciful God who heals us and makes us whole. There's a story about how one afternoon a young woman pulled into the driveway and approached her home with hands and arms overloaded with bags. And the door opened and her husband came out to greet her with a hug. But her hands and her arms were too burdened. And she couldn't respond. 
And without being asked, he took all that she was carrying. And then he said, wait right here. Then he returned, empty-handed, stretching out his arms of love. And surprised, she asked, where's all my stuff? I've put it all away, he said. And then he smiled, and he hugged her. And with a joyful, tender voice said, welcome home. God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word for means instead of. Jesus died because he didn't want us to pay the penalty our sin deserves. Jesus died to remove our burdens and provide rest for our souls. On the cross, he was effectively saying, I'll take all your brokenness, all your hurt, every burden that keeps you from the love of God, I will take it from you. I will take it upon myself and I will put it away for you forever. Jesus died so that we will come home to the loving arms of God. He gave his life for us, that instead of death, we might experience the fullness of acceptance and help and the loving care of new life with the God who delights in us. At the cross, Jesus demonstrated his love for us. In his resurrection, God puts his love in us. God promises the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave now lives within us. And when the spirit of God comes to live within us, we experience the greatest love the world can ever know. And as we do, we continually receive new love for God and new love for one another. And not just love the Spirit's presence in our life, the resurrected power of Christ in us gives us joy, peace, patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the life we were created to joy, the life We've always wanted the life that is here and available to us in full now in Christ. Believing involves an act of faith. It's an act of giving all we are to all of who we know Jesus to be. It's not blind. It's about putting our trust, our hope in a person a very real, a very alive person. In some ways, it's like the step of faith taken by a bride and a bridegroom when they say, I do, at their wedding day. And so as we come to the Lord Jesus this morning, as we come to him around his table, through the bread and the wine, 
Welcome home. Come and lay down your burdens at the feet of Jesus and allow him to lift you up and embrace you with arms of love. And as we do this together, whether it's for the first time or maybe you want to renew that I do again in your heart, I invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the wrongs I've done in my life. And I confess that nothing has filled the void in my heart. Nothing has satisfied the hunger of my soul. Please forgive me. I now turn away from every person, every possession, every pursuit that I've put before you and in your place. And I thank you that you came for me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could have a new start and a new life. And Lord Jesus, I now turn to you. I receive your love. I receive your acceptance. I receive your forgiveness. Please come. Come again into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Help me to know you more and to grow to become like you. Give me the freedom and the joy to be the best me you created and redeemed me to be as I follow you as the forgiver of my sin, the healer of my heart, and the leader of my life. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah.